Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Okay, so I got Nicole Carey with me, first time guest. Why We've never done a podcast together. I don't understand why. We have not. So senior HR business partner at Zenium. You, uh, you're an expert in a lot of things. Uh, change management is one of those things. And we've not done a podcast on it. I hear this this term thrown around all the time, change management. We need people to, uh, to help us through change. Uh, it needs to be managed. What does change management mean? Brandon, that's a great question. <laughs> um, people ask me that all the time when I talk to them about change management and the, the need for it to be embedded in organizations. But if you think about change management, it really is focusing on the people side of change. Yeah. Because in any organization, or frankly, in any um, group of individuals, or anything that happens even in our personal lives, when we're experiencing change, it's the individuals that have to go through the process of change. And so you think about individuals being successful in their own changes then leads to the success of an organization. So it's not just processes, it's not just things that go through changes, it's actually the behaviors and the mindsets of the people. So it's like safe to say like it's you're sort of handling the emotions and behaviors of people as like changes happening. Absolutely. And there's many different processes when you think about <laughs> how we experience change, how we respond. As, as you know, that people respond to change in many different ways. Some people embrace it. Some people are fearful of it. Some people hate change for the sake of change. <laughs> Um, and it's so inev- it's inevitable, though. Right? It is. It is. And um, so the idea of change management is really helping individuals through that change process in order for an organization or for a particular project to be successful. So I'm kind of curious, like, we've had a lot of change here at Zenium. Uh, I know a lot of organizations have had change. But like, is like more change happening now than it than it was before? Like, is there is there a bigger need for change management like as a as a whole pro like process, there than is in the past. Yes, absolutely, okay. because change is happening at a volume and a velocity that's really never been seen before. What's the cause of that? It it all sorts of reasons. Whether there's new um, processes or procedures implemented in organizations, um, there's larger change ha- happening with regards to acquisitions of organizations. You name it. Like business cycle stuff. Like your your business is changing as the market's changing, and you're going through different stages and. Change is inevitable, right? Change is inevitable. And I think it's change is coming to the forefront of those organizations that really focus on providing some good processes around change management Mm -hmm. are seeing success. And so, you know, it becomes a topic of conversation. You think about um, project management, which is 
been a a fairly new um, profession, if you will. And people think that change management is the same as as project management, which actually is not the case. They they are interrelated Mm -hmm. and you really can't have one without the other in order to be successful. So while uh, project management has been a kind of an up and coming profession. Change management is is actually done just the same, working in alignment with with those project managers. So there's a bunch of there's actually people that are dedicated to change management or like companies. There are, um, and of course, it depends on the size of an organization. Obviously, your larger organizations might have uh, people dedicated just to be change managers, but you know, most of our organizations aren't such organizations that we can afford to have an individual change manager. And so, in smaller companies, um, you might invest Pull in resources from other people. <laughs> you might be, you, yes, you might be. It's like, oh, Nicole, um, you look like a good resource. We're gonna like, we're gonna just have you be the change manager. Yeah, oh boy, and that happens all the time, right? That, you know, when you have a small organization, somebody is is kind of tapped to do this work yeah. and they don't always have the skill sets to do it. So there's a lot of external consultants and companies that can work with smaller organizations on this process, but anybody can be trained on change management techniques and processes to have a more successful outcome to whatever their business objectives are. What are a couple examples of where you'd need change management like, is there big milestones in a company? Is there something that happens externally to the company that, like, you would you would need a change management process in place? Like, you said acquisition. Like, I'd imagine that would be prime for sure a change management process. But yeah, what else? Uh, any change, right? Like from <laughs> from a leadership turnover. Okay. Like somebody, lead, like a key executive yeah, leader. It, okay. Even a key executive leader change. Maybe there's turnover within a department that requires a shift in the way that work is done. There could be a new process, um, an ERP a new, system. New, yeah, new, I was going to say like new technology where it's like somebody has been at the company or like a team has been at the company so long doing something on a software that they've used for 10 years and all of a sudden you're going to switch all that up like would that require a change management absolutely yeah any potential change would be would necessitate the need for the the methodologies around around change management and they can be as as little as you're doing a new procedure around how you bill to you have a brand new software system in place to you are going to sell a new product to a customer that requires a, a shift in the way work is done to, you know, obviously larger changes around acquisitions, anything that is different when you are asking people to to work or, or believe or shift their mindsets to do something differently, then we should be talking about how change management processes should be implemented. I'm curious, like when, if there's like signs where you would need a change management process, because like I, I'm really process oriented. I'm on the disc scale. I'm like a, a high C, you know, so like, cautious and you know collected and organized and all those things right but at the same time like when i'm dealing with decision making and change and things like that sometimes i like to deal with things on the fly and just like iterate on the go that's not what you're talking about with change management you're talking about like a full-on process so like when is the right time to implement something like this versus like what i'm describing which is like just take change at face value and deal with it as it comes. <laughs> well, it, it depends on that's when you kind of look at um, 
when you're assessing what the change is. Yeah. Um, are you talking about one person that's going to be impacted? Are you talking about a department? Are you talking about a large organization? If you're just talking about yourself, you might not need to go through an entire change management process when you're when you're just looking at yourself. But if you are impacting, you know, a handful a of people, people yeah, then, you know, doing those initial assessments of is there ch- is there change saturation, meaning there been too much change going on in an organization or too many new things that actually if we move forward with this particular change, it wouldn't be as effective because we're saturated in change. You have to look at uh, at risk assessments um, hmm. around the organization. Uh, you want to look at his past history. How has change been implemented in the past? Um, there's a lot of things that you need to look at before you just jump into to making a decision. Yeah. And and sometimes they're decisions that are outside of, of your hands, for example, turnover, but you still need to to work on ways to communicate those the strategies on on how to get people to be where they are and how to shift into a, a different mindset or, or behave differently. So when you move into like let's say we identified something that like it's happening in in an organization where a change management process makes a lot of sense. What's the ideal scenario? Do you have a champion within the company, like sort of leading the change management process? Do you hire an outside consultant? Do you hire, is it like, is there a company that comes in and does this? Is there like a formal process? I know there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but like for it's probably different for a small company versus a large company. A large company has a lot of resources, maybe a change management department. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But for a small company, which is mostly our audience, what do they do? Well, like everything in HR, my response is, it depends. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <Kill me. laughs> um, however, um, that, that really is the, the response I'd say is I would look at what is the nature of the change yeah. um, because it could require... Um, and an outside perspective, a third party, whether that's a that's a consultant or somebody that can come in um, with a fresh set of eyes that, that don't necessarily know all the players that can help drive the change that's that's required. Um, we also know that that's not feasible in every situation that you're hiring a, a change manager, or a consultant every time you have a significant change in the, in the organization. And so, you know, ideally you want somebody who can be your champion. Um, and it could be the person who's in charge of the project or the project manager. However, um, even though those are two different disciplines mm-hmm. and you have to make sure you can separate those disciplines between process and project and, and change and people. I've seen it happen where the project manager is the change manager. And onto your oh, first really? question around like who should really lead this, what, what is most important in any type of change is that you have some sort of sponsor. And generally the sponsor is somebody on the executive, executive team, team yeah, right? That makes sense. And what's most important is that the sponsor isn't just showing up at the beginning and walking in and, and letting all the employees know, hey, this change is happening and they yep. drop the mic and they walk out and they're never to be seen <laughs> from again. But in order to have a real effective um, process and, and change, the sponsor needs to be engaged throughout the entire project and process. And even when um, the project or the change has been realized, it's important that there's some reinforcement and that that does require, you know, sponsorship and that sponsor needs to to maintain their their engagement to the process long after the project is actually completed. I'm, I'm curious because change management, you said, deals with the people side of change. Does 
the cha- like if if you're a small company and you need a champion, does it fall to HR a lot of times? Sometimes it does. I think it again, it probably depends on what we're talking about because um, you can have very influential folks outside of HR. And when you think about there's there's many studies out there that talk about um, how people want to learn about change. And interestingly enough, employees do not want to hear about change from HR. They want to hear, yeah, they um, actually HR is not even in the top five of of who they want to hear this message from. Manager, the president, CEO, whatever, right? Yeah, employees are saying when they are going to experience a significant change in an organization and they want to understand the business reasons behind it, they want to hear from generally the president or the CEO. Um, somebody on the executive um, leadership team. Not some messenger. Not some messenger. <laughs> but when it comes to how it impacts them, yeah. and if a change personally impacts them in their role, then employees are saying they want to hear from their direct manager and not HR. And yeah. HR, of course, can support the, the message and support the process, but they're not always the best leaders yeah. when it when it comes to change. So if there's a task force or something for change management, HR should definitely be there. Yeah, it's, it's great if they can because um, they're coming from a people side, but but you don't want to discount a lot of those great operators out yeah. there that, that have all of the components of, of understanding people and how people's, people change and go through it. Uh, the process of, of, of change. If you're a little bit larger company, you have the resources to like hire somebody from the outside. Are there actual companies that do this? There are. Or people. Um, I, I like if they're individual consultants or people or, or sorry, if they're individual consultants and organizations that actually specialize in like their process is, does that exist out there? It, I imagine it does. It does. Sure. I mean, of course you can find many individual consultants that, that will come in and, and, and help um, guide and advise an organization through any particular change. And then there's also larger organizations. And, and one that I can speak to is ProSci. They are a research company that's been around for, gosh, 25 years or so. And they really focus on doing the research behind why change management is is effective and successful. So they're almost like the gallop of change management. They are big and they're international. They're an international company. And they come in and will help organizations through building change capabilities. And interestingly enough, they have helped over 80% of Fortune 100 companies through different uh, change management projects, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. But they don't work just exclusively with enterprise level, like Fortune 100? No. Probably, they work they with probably a- have consultants that can work with or certified people that can work with smaller organizations. They do. They, they've got consultants all over the country, actually all over the world. And then they do a lot of training. So they do train the trainers, if you will. And, and I was fortunate to attend a a ProSize seminar where I um, was able to learn their, their model and then come back and and utilize it, you know, internally with, with my own clients. Um, So I can, I can speak to some of the success (laughs) of, of the models that they teach. That's awesome. So I hate risk. And I know there's got to be risk associated with not addressing change, meaning like not implementing a change management process when big change is happening. There's got to be some downside risk to not doing anything, right? 
what are some of the things that might come out of not doing anything? Yeah, Brandon, that's a great question because not only do you want to communicate all the positives to having a change management process and and realizing that when those companies and organizations use an effective change management process, they are generally six times um, more likely to, to show that they have exceeded or at least met their overall objectives than those companies who don't use uh, any type of change management techniques. However, on the flip side, it is important to, to call out that those um, organizations or projects that are not tapping into the different models or techniques around change management, um, there's, there's some real consequences. And some of those consequences are low morale. Yeah, probably people leaving. But yeah, people leaving. Overall productivity, right? Yeah. When people don't necessarily understand or maybe they're not trained. Yeah. People finding workarounds. Um, that, that are not engaged in the process, that people don't don't truly understand the whys. They're not necessarily aligned with with the business. You might be familiar with WIFM, right? What's in it for me? Mm, Employees yeah. um, really need to understand what's in it for them in order to make the change. Um, and some of it is because they truly are interested and, and they uh, they agree with the approach. Yeah. And some of it is that they recognize that it's part of their job in order to change. But we all go through change at, at different levels. And we, we don't always approach change in, in the same way. So it's important to recognize that and to be able to, you know, have a process and, a, and some tactics on how you're going to manage the resistance, which is always going to happen in every change. And when you can be more proactive on recognizing that there is going to be resistance and how are you going to manage that, then you can reduce the the amount of those consequences that I just mentioned. Well, it's funny. I would I would think like, with ch- like a change p- management process, half the battle is probably aligning people with like, well, here's why we're doing it. Everybody on board. And if you're not, then you know it's a problem. But it's probably like the wh- with whatever process you have in place, it's probably mostly around alignment, right? It is. <laughs> you think about, you know, the very steps that you would, if, if I was consulting with someone and I would, and I would explain to them that if they're going to communicate a new process, a new change, mm-hmm. whatever it is that they might be going through. The, the very first thing that they need to be doing is finding different ways to communicate whatever that change is, right? Because awareness is is the number one indicators if um, employees are going to be on board or not. If they're not aware um, and there's not some transparency within an organization around why decisions are made and wh- what's the vision, right? What's the business objective? It's going to be really hard for employees to lean in and, and necessarily align. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to completely agree with the change just because they understand the reasons why. And so that's really the next component of going back to what I just said with them. Like, mm-hmm. what's, what's in it for me mm-hmm. to make this change? And that's generally the biggest barrier that, that folks have to, to overcome of how do you get people in all different stages of, of where they're at um, to align with that change and to lean in. We've talked a lot about like change management as a, an important process, like why to do it. The process itself probably deserves its own podcast. We're not going to cover all that today. What are the main components of a process though? Like, is there anything you could say about that? Like to make sure like somebody listening understands what some of the main stages of a, an effective change management process actually is. So the very first thing is that the decision makers need to really understand what the change is and they need to align it with some business objectives, mm. you know, putting it into 
um, an effective goal format. And, and then once they have identified what the changes and what their outcomes are expected to be, is that they need to do some assessments and they need mm. to look at, it, is the organization ready for this particular change? Um, and that's looking at the risk as far as like I just mentioned earlier around change saturation. Do they have effective leadership in place? Are there other external or even internal barriers that could um, reduce the effectiveness of this change? So doing some assessments on the front end is going to be key. And once the assessments are done and um, everyone has, ag- has agreed that this change <laughs> you know, is realized and we're ready to move forward, it's Actually, the communication piece, yeah, right? Totally. It's, um, and I mentioned this a minute ago, it's really making sure that all of the stakeholders, which you generally stakeholders, all the employees, understand what the change is, understand why the change is happening, understand what the vision and the outcomes are expected to be, and then also communicating with them the consequences of not making the change. Good point. Right? Yep. Um, and, and once that piece has, has been communicated in all different formats, right, it's not just one email, it's not just one message where a president stands up in front of all employees, um, you know, employees need to hear messages five to seven that's times. A, that's a great point. I'm glad you said that because like, I've often heard like, okay, like if you're trying to state a business goal and you say it one time, the absorption of that, like employees that don't care for the most part until you say it over and over and over again, because people learn different ways. They hear, they need to hear it. Yeah. 2.5, 10 times. times yeah. that, um, and that's where people actually yeah, hear good. and remember right? Once people have, have understood what, what the plan is or what the, what the change is, it's moving into what's in it for me, right? And helping people through that individual motivational piece of getting them through uh, and aligning them with what the change is. And then it's understanding, like, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, do I have the training to do this? Is this, is this requiring inside changes around our learning and development team? Yeah. Or do we have to have a new process around bringing in people to 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 train on this whatever the project or process might be and then it's not just about the training but it's about okay can I do it mm-hmm. right because I can read books all day on how to play tennis and I can tell you <laughs> everything mean you have athletic right? ability no. for it, yeah. just because I can tell you everything about playing tennis doesn't mean that I actually have the ability to play tennis yeah and so now it, you have to ensure that people actually have the capability to to process the change, whether it's, you know, whatever the whatever the change or the project might be. Once you have solidified that, yes, people truly understand and have the capabilities. Now, how do you keep it going? Right. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to just drop off because if you just drop off and there's the there's the risk of going back to old behaviors, you have to, to reinforce the behaviors. Right. So whether it's rewarding recognizing the positive changes and then um, holding people accountable and holding the process accountable and having consequences if the the change is not sustainable. So that part's almost like phase two of change management. It's like there's a probably a done point and I wanted to ask you something about that. So don't let me forget. But once there's a done point, there's that kind of that phase two of well, here's how we keep the process going. Here's how we keep doing check-ins and making sure that we're we're living by the process we we decided or or the change and and making sure it's going through correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's the big component, and and you see this happen all the time where 
um, there's there's change or projects that are implemented and without reinforcement the the new process is not going to be sustainable mm-hmm. and and then perhaps you're starting all over again um, that would be frustrating. so you have to make it at some point you want to make it just part of business again yeah. and if it doesn't become just part of the way that business is run and business operations then you've probably failed in the reinforcement piece mm-hmm. so the question I wanted to ask you was when do you actually know you're done as part of the change management process? Like, is there, is there some sort of data collection? Is there, I, I don't know. I like, I don't, it's, it's all people focused. How do you know when you're done with change management as a, like an individual process? Yeah. Well, I, I think first and foremost, you want to be able to realize whatever the outcomes are. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if you have a, of a goal of, you know, increasing profitability by a certain percent based upon the changes that you are, you're putting mm-hmm. forth and you actually have that hard data to back that up, then that could be one particular data point, right? That will that will help you realize if if the change management process was effective. However, that's not the th- those are not the only reasons why that you you want to kind of look back to determine was this effective or not. You know, it's it's it part of it is playing the Monday morning quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Of looking back to say, what did we do well? What did we not do well? Um, this is polling your employees, right? Making sure that employees are invested in this process. Again, is this is this becoming part of business, like everyday yeah. business, right? And you're productive and you're successful and you have some measurable results to tie back to. And employees are engaged and and you have a, a reduction of turnover and you have an increase of productivity. I think you could say that, that the the change management process was effective, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's just done, right? It's, yeah. it's that reinforcement that you just have to keep living and breathing. So you may not even know it's really done until a couple of years later or something when, when what you just said in the last minute, describing like a reduction in turnover, uh, massive alignment, uh, productivity, like all those things are probably th- things you collect over time to know like, okay, change management process actually worked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it might not be something that you learn on, you know, the Monday after the project finishes on Friday, right? You're right. <laughs> I mean, like from my vantage point, like that would be ideal. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I get it though. There's a lag effect to, to everything that we do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's sometimes it will take, um, it, it could take months or years to actually realize how effective, um, the, well, that's the frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have to be patient yeah, in this, but, yeah. um, but it, but it's worth it. Right. Because like I mentioned earlier, the statistic is that those, those organizations that utilize the change management process are six times more likely to show that they're meeting or exceeding their their results. Wow. Um, that's a significant number mm-hmm. when you think about those that are not utilizing the, the change management process. So yeah. so the question it remains, why wouldn't you? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So if there's something you want to like end with that you would tell to, you know, companies of all sizes that like they're going through some sort of change. Like what, what's the, like the first step that you'd want them to take from an action standpoint? Cause I, I always like to end the podcast with like, what do you, what do you do next? The first thing that I would like to say is that we are in a time right now that organizations are really looking at employees as their number one asset. Yep. Yeah, that's true. So, I think it's true. The more that organizations realize that without great productive employees, I should say great productive engaged employees, whatever else they do is kind of a moot point, right? Mm -hmm. So 
if we go back to really focusing on the employees and recognizing that the people are so important to every single thing an organization does, then why wouldn't we ensure that whatever project change, anything that's happening, that the, f- the very first thing we think about is our people yeah. and making sure that our people are included, they feel valued, that they are part of the, the process, right? They, they have the tools and the resources that they need in order to be productive and effective. And ultimately, uh, you think about just human nature, we all want to do a good job, yeah. right? And nobody wants to feel anxious or to feel like we don't know what's expected of us. And the more that um, organizations can really focus on the people side of change, um, the more effective their their ultimate results or objectives are going to be. Well said. Nicole Carey, thanks for being on the podcast. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks, yeah, Brandon. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.